door. So let's give them a hand this morning. <clears throat> well, here we are, 2016 already. Happy New Year. If you, if you don't know who I am, my name's Rob. I'm the pastor here at One Heart. And um, hopefully you can stick around afterwards and have a coffee with me and uh, get to know us a little bit better. We often start the year... Um, with our New Year resolutions. Uh, that word resolution comes from resolute, meaning firm and determined decision. So we make our firm and determined decisions at this time of the year. Who's ever made a resolution? Oh, no. It's not a trick question. I hate going to church where you think, I'm not putting my hand up no matter what. And then sometimes you think you've got the answer and, you, and you, you might be a bit bold and put your hand up and it's not the one. It's okay. So our New Year's resolutions, they go something like, this year I'm going to give up. Who's had one of those ones? This year I'm going to do more of. This year I'm going to worry less or whatever else we tell ourselves. There's all kinds of different determined decisions that we make at this time of the year. And we often go into the New Year determined to change and to make those things happen. And if you're, if you're like me, even though we are determined to change and committed to change, we usually break down somewhere a day or a week or sometimes somewhere down the track and we want to change but we end up not changing. I made a resolution once in 1988 that I was going to get fit and I'm still waiting. <laughs> but the good news this morning is that God doesn't want you to live replaying the same game year after year. And sometimes I think we can, we can go through life with a replay button that we just keep going back to. And, and the, the, the thing I want us to realise today is that we're the only one who presses that button to replay the same pattern over and over again. So the power is in our hands. God wants us to succeed. God wants us to go forward and do things that we've never thought imaginable. But we're the ones who short-circuit that and keep taking ourselves back to what we've always done before. So when we concentrate on changing a habit or behaviour, rather than changing our internal, we end up where we started. You know, you know, that's the, the biggest mistake we make is that we try and change something so we focus on what we don't want to do anymore. And so we're saying, I'm, never gonna, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to say those things. And, and we make that the focus. And what happens is when we're focusing on trying to change, we find that we keep coming back to that same place. And we keep you know, replaying life and coming back to where we started. So what I want us to, to concentrate this morning is replacing those things with something better, and that is the presence of Jesus in our life the presence of the Holy Spirit that indwells within us, that, that in a sense, I don't know if this is you know, correct theology or not, but in a sense we want to dilute out the things that are negative and start to infill ourselves with the things that are positive that come from Jesus Christ, the power that comes from him. Now, you know, I, I know there are times where God can do something in an instant in your life. And, and I've seen people who've had addictions broken just like that. But I know in other cases it seems like that, that things take a long time and a long process to change. But if we're going to judge ourselves on our problems, we'll never have room for the grace of Jesus. 
Because Jesus didn't wait for you to be perfect before he died on the cross. He's not waiting for that time of, of, uh, of goodness in you. And that's what we do. We judge ourselves by our own goodness and think, well, Jesus loves me more today because I'm, be- because I'm being good. That's not what the cross is all about. Not say- I'm not saying just live in your badness, but concentrate on God's goodness. See... It won't be long and we'll be looking back on another year, thinking, where did this year go? And I hope that we can look back together saying, boy, have I grown. Boy, have we grown. That's what I want us to to, to concentrate on is, is growing this year into the person that God wants you to be. I want to, I want to kickstart a positive year. To kickstart a positive year, start believing that despite any negative that comes at you, that you're going to grow through those negatives. And you can do that. Sometimes we, we might think, well, if my life was just easier, if things weren't so hard, then I, I'd find it so easy to grow. You know something? We grow according to the conditions. Sometimes they're bad, sometimes they're, they're great. But we can't wait until everything's perfect before we decide that we're going to use those things to grow in. But uh, I'll give you a couple of pointers here. A positive attitude and positive words can go a long way. But to affect change for good, have a listen to this. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. That's the one. It says, don't copy the behaviour and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you'll know what God wants you to do and you'll know how good and pleasing and perfect his will really is. I want us to concentrate this morning on that word transform. So turn to the person next to you and say, you're a tranny. You're thinking, what? Because when we think of that word, we think of something really bad, really negative, where where you think you've got some kind of issue about what you are or who you are. But I want to tell you something. You You are transforming. You are a tranny from the natural to the supernatural. You're trans spiritual. I'm trans spiritual because I don't like what I am. Jimmy's a tranny. Carmel's a tranny. Trans spiritual. <laughs> I should write a book. I'll tell you something God is into transformation. God is into transforming your natural thinking, your natural world, the limitations by which we are limited. And he wants to uh, empower you with a supernatural spiritual you that is a transformation that changes every outcome around you. And this is about change from the inside out. It says there about... um, Don't copy the behaviour and customs of this world. I have a little question for you just to think as I continue on my message this morning is what customs and behaviours are you you following? Are you 
adopting in your life because God wants to trans, translate those things into spiritual things. So although we may want to change, if we focus on changing a habit or a behavior rather than changing our internal life issues, they're our heart issues, we will likely end up where we started. We keep hitting the replay button. See, behavior change is external, but it's affected by what's happening on the inside. And, and we can see what's happening in a person's life. And I, I want to tell you, I just want to honor someone here this morning. Pardon me. And that's Eric Blaney. Because I know that God has done such a work in him in the last few years that I've known him and things that were, were uh, in his life that he doesn't you know, make a big fuss about, doesn't you know, um, go telling everyone he sees. But I know there's been a big change in Eric's life. And I want to honour Eric this morning for, for going on that walk with Jesus that's taken things off his life in a way that has set him free. Is that true, Eric? That's good. That's excellent. See, change doesn't begin, or doesn't happen, or doesn't begin from the outside in, but from the inside out. See, we can focus on external things to display how we've changed, but it's the things on the inside that really make a difference. We can all see bad behaviour. We all know what that looks like. We can demand certain behaviours. We can insist on rules to be followed. But if that is what keeps us on track rather than ongoing transformation from within, we miss the main point. And, you know, as, as a pastor in the churches, we're great at legislation. One thing I've found is when you legislate, I used to love that. I was a youth pastor. We used to run the youth group by legislation. We had a, we had a, a, a list for everything. You know, uh, what do you call them? You, you have checklists and all this kind of stuff and you have, you have uh, uh, codes of conduct and all that kind of stuff. But the thing that used to drive me crazy is there's always got to be someone who finds a little loophole to say, but it doesn't say exactly that. I mean, I don't want to have church where we have to have dress codes and, 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 and all these kinds of codes about everything because the biggest one you always find is there's always a secret code that they thought that they meant but then you didn't read that and so you're always breaking the code that you didn't know because it was a secret. I was in a church once. I'd been there for six months. And I, I went to preach one day and I, I, I said, We're going to pre- I'm, I'm going to use this scripture today. It's from the NIV Bible. I know you're thinking, well, who would ever preach out of that? But I made the mistake in this church and said, We're going to use that. And I got in, uh, you know, I got in a lot of trouble because I, I broke a rule of the church, which we only, we only use a certain type of Bible and and you broke the rule. I think, but I didn't know the rule was there. But we, we sometimes try to legislate things instead of seeing God do a transformation. We can't legislate transformation. Jesus didn't come to offer the world behaviour modification, but heart transformation. Changing from the inside out. And sometimes we wish that it would just be an instant change. But I tell you, more than likely, it would be a process of changing, a process of growing, a process of learning, a process of understanding different things. So let's not miss this. We'll come to points in life where things don't go to plan. Ever notice that? It might be relationship, it might be health, it, it might be uh, where you work or all sorts of things, business, all kinds of things where we think, well, this is the plan, 
we're going to do this and that, that this is going to happen and, and I've met this girl and then we're going to get engaged and then we're going to find, we're going to get married then we're going to have kids and we're going to live happily ever after and something happens and gets in the way and suddenly that relationship didn't work. Let's not miss this. It's impossible to move forward from those times if you keep hitting the replay button. Whatever, whatever it is. The art of moving on. And those who perfect the art of moving on are always people who are growing. So it doesn't matter whether, whether there's been a, a breakdown in your life. Don't stay at that point of breakdown. Because we can then travel you know, around thinking, oh, it's all good, it's all good. But we're trying to fill that gap where things went wrong. And judging everything according to that. But get your heart right and you'll get the right life. Most everything in life is affected by the motives of our heart. And we can hide our motives from other people, but we can't hide them from God. Proverbs 23, sorry, 423. It's one of my favourite scriptures. It says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. See, don't be afraid to be real, if I want to interpret that for you this morning. Don't be afraid to be real. Don't hide your hurt. Because a lot worse damage happens around us when we hide our hurts. From our hurts, we go on to hurt others. And sometimes we don't even know that that's why we're behaving the way we do, but it's because we've not guarded our heart. And, and we need to guard our heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. So I want to uh, help people today to realise that, that we don't have to worry so much about uh, what we do on the outside, more we need to worry about what's happening on the inside, and that will affect the outside. But we, we're not just going to be saying, hey, we want to see people who all uh, dress right, look right, and smell right on Sunday, but the rest of the time, when they're in their world, it's a different story. So Jesus had a lot to say about being religious compared to being right with God. And we should avoid confusing the two. Matthew 23, verses 25 and 26, it says this. For you are so careful. This is Jesus speaking to the religious leaders of his day, the experts of religious law. He says, for you are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish. But inside you are filthy, full of greed and self-indulgence. First, wash the inside of the cup, and then the outside will become clean too. See, the religious leaders that Jesus dealt with were convinced that they had all the answers. In fact, they were so convinced that they would kill people that threatened their standards. They made sure that Everything was done correctly and in order. They impressed each other, but they didn't impress God. So they had so many rules. They had so much legislation about everything that God must have been thinking, where are they getting this from? See, they made fault-finding of others a popular pastime. They were experts at that. And they excused themselves or their own inconsistencies. The outside looked great, but the inside was rotten. So I've made a little chart here. It's about you not anybody else or not somebody else. So religious level of life, it's about looking good and a relationship born out of revelation of who Jesus is, living at that level is a good level, is the 
best level. To develop spiritually this year, keep it about you, not somebody else. And that's what, you know, sometimes uh, from time to time you have to deal with issues with people and people come saying, well, you know what, the issue is she did that and she said that and he did this and they did that. And, and you know, you, you're trying to bring correction to uh, situations and when there's a, a judgmental attitude towards others and a justification for yourself. So we can either live in judgment of others and justification of ourselves. And when we live in that place, it's not a place where we grow easily. We stay stuck in that place and we keep replaying the replay button. We keep replaying the same things over and over again. But they said this and they promised that and then, and then, and then that didn't happen and why did they do that to me? And we start going around and around the same thing, coming back to the same place because we're living in that place of judging others and justifying ourselves. It's not a healthy place for growing in. So keep it about yourself and not everyone else. So that's a tough thing to do sometimes because I, I tell you what, I, I'm, I'm married. I love to be able to say it's all her. Not true. You all know that's not true, don't you? Luke 18 verses 10 to 14. Jesus illustrates this concept perfectly for us this morning. It says, Two men went to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, if you don't know what that is, that's a religious leader, uh, like, like a, a teacher of religious law. And he, it says, the Pharisee stood up and he prayed about himself. God, I thank you that I'm not like other men. <clears throat> I could do a funny voice here, but I won't try it this morning. Robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all I get. Next man, man two. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. See, two men. One was impressed with his external and the other ashamed of his internal. See, the first man praised himself and pointed a condemning finger at the other. The first man lived in judging and justifying. And it's a trap that you can't afford to get trapped in because you'll find yourself judging everything and everyone and then you'll find yourself justifying everything about yourself. So he's judging the other man and justifying himself. I'm doing all the right things. I even come to church early. The first man just praised himself and pointed a condemning finger at the other. The second man confessed his sin to God and went home changed. So instead of justifying and judging, you need to, you need to confess and change. And keep it between you and God. Because the race isn't about anyone. I, I did a, a message here many years ago about being in the race and you're the only one in the race but you're still lost. So you're the only one in the race and it's really embarrassing when you're the only one in the race and you still came last. So you need to let the Holy Ghost be your, your energy and your power and you'll come first. 
in 2016, make it a priority to be the one who went home changed. Make it a priority to be the one who went home changed. You know, we can come to church and, come and go home the same way we came in. One of the scriptures in the Old Testament I really love is talking about the, the temple that, that they built, or, or I think it was even back in the tabernacle days, it talks about those who come in through one, one way have to go out through another way. It wasn't all about crowd management, although some people interpret that. Oh, look, wasn't God wise? He told them if they come in through the east gate, go out through the north gate, come in through the north gate, go out through the east gate, sort of you know, traffic management. God's so wise. If we just read it like that, that's pretty good. That's sensible stuff. But what, what I read into that is that don't come into church through the same way you came in. You might came in feeling lonely, go out feeling like you've got friends. Come in feeling de depressed, go out feeling energized. Come in with, with bitterness, go out with sweetness. You know, whatever way you come into the house of God, that's why we need to worship God. That's why we need to get soaked in His Word. That's why we need to have fellowship because we can, we can leave some baggage behind and go out free. Come in carrying a load, walk out without that load. Let's go back to Romans 12 too. If I can just have the musicians come and join me again, please. And just by the way, we have our Alliston service on this morning um, at Alliston. We've got a girl power team have gone up there with Pastor Kylie and Kimberly and Emily Gratz, our ex-intern. She's leaving us. But they're, they've been really excited about going up there. And I'm excited for what God's going to do in Alliston. And I just want to encourage you this year, if you want to be part of that, come and talk to me and we'll help you to be a part of what's happening up there once a month when we do church at Alliston. But Romans 12.2 says, Be transformed by renewing your mind. I want, to, I want to ask a question. Are you prepared to trans? thinking Ooh, that's got a bad connotation see the devil always wants to twist everything that's good and make it sound bad but in this case you've got to you've got to have a transformation from natural thinking from natural living to the supernatural from natural thinking to a spiritual level that's a good way to transform it's a good way to be by renewing your mind a transformed mind is what makes a diff makes us different a transformed mind sees through a different window. A transformed mind has spiritual insight. So in, in life, we have all kinds of things that go on. I mean, I've, I've spent many, many years working in the world. Uh, you know, I've been a construction worker. I've, been, I've worked in factories. I've worked on farms. I've worked in all kinds of environments. And sometimes you can see the, 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 the things that go on around you and you think, well, why is this happening to me? And sometimes there's a spiritual element that we need to identify and we need to start to get on our knees and attack that at a spiritual level. And we'll see our world begin to change. <clears throat> so I want to finish off this morning just with a few things to help you enlarge your world. In other words, a few pointers that will help you to grow this year because I want us all to go on a, on a process. You know, it's a real sort of, out-of-dated out thing to say journey. You know, there's a few years ago, everyone was saying it's a journey, we're on the journey. So I'm trying to find other words to, to, to describe that. But for the sake of today, we're on a journey again, okay? So, but we're, we're in a process of growing, a process of changing. And I'll tell you something, the, the, one of the big factors of never changing is, is things just seem to stay the same. 
So we have the same cereal for breakfast. We, we, we wake up next to the same woman in bed. That's probably, that's good. Um, don't change that. We, bad illustration. We, we have, have so many things that are familiar and, and that we do the motions of life that we, things just seem to roll along and it's the same workmates, the same everything. But we do need to commit ourselves to saying, God, spiritually, I want to change and I want to grow. I want to step into things that right now seem impossible for me. And when you think of something that you think, I could never, ever do that, then that's a supernatural spiritual starting to be awakened in your life. And you can move into those things. So three practical points to grow. And we'll just look at them more briefly. Number one, enlarge your world. Number two, don't compete, compare or complain about others. Wouldn't that be a real novelty for church to do that little bit there? That would be amazing. I'd have nothing to do, nothing to counsel people about. Number three, do seek to grow spiritually. We'll just have a really brief explanation of each of those things. Practical points to grow. Number one, enlarge your world. Deliberately make time with pastoral oversight. That's the people who, you know, if, if you're in your church, speak to your pastor. Ephesians 4 verse 12 says, their job is to equip you for the work of the ministry. You know, so you might, you might find it's, you need to spend some time talking to your department leader. You might be able to uh, talk to, to me or, Paul, or Pastor Pauline or Pastor Kylie. But you need to, you need to include them in your world because it is a pathway to growing. Their job is to equip you. They can't equip what they don't have in their hand or what they don't know about you. But always have people in your world that are encouraging your faith. Because I tell you, that I've said this a lot lately, but show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And you need to be around people who are encouraging your faith. So if you find that when you get with certain people, they're talking about, oh, the negative at the church. Oh, the carpet wasn't really nice. Oh, the chairs were too hard. Oh, 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 oh the, the ceiling's too, too black. Whatever it is that we can complain about, we'll complain. But you need to find people who, when, when you're with them, the spark of faith is ignited, that something supernatural starts to emerge within you and the fire of God begins to burn and you can change your whole world. Next one is deliber deliberately make time, uh, sorry, deliberately make time with people outside your normal circle. 2 Timothy 22 says, enjoy the companionship of others. And, you know, it's great to have close friends. It's great to, to grow up in, a, in, in an environment where you, you know the same people, went to school with them, went to uh, you know, high school and all those sorts of things. But you've got to deliberately make time to spend with other people outside your normal circle. And that's, that's a, real, a real place where you can grow, where you, where you learn new things and discover talents and things in other people. You'll learn from them and they'll learn from you. So you've always, you know, you'll never stop having close people in your life. That's a healthy thing too. But you've also got to have enough room to accommodate other people, strangers, so to speak. Last one there is similar, but be hospitable. Titus 1 verse 8 says, we could be entertaining angels unawares. The second one, 
Don't compete, compare or complain about others. Ephesians 4 verse 2, you've heard me speak about this a lot. Make allowance for, for others, other people's mistakes. Make allowance for other people. Just as we make mistakes, just as we fail, then have that same allowance on others because no one's ever going to not let you down, ever. But we make allowances for other people's mistakes. B, we have to account for our own conduct, not that of others. Romans 14, 12 makes that clear. We, we have to give an account to God for the things that we do. Um, it says that if you're an overseer or a pastor or a leader, then you have to give an account for all those who you've taught and all those who you've directed. And I hope that in this church that, that you know, when we come to that account, that God will say, well, you taught them the right things. But, we have, but ultimately for you, each one of us, we have to account for our own conduct, not that of others. So you, you don't have to worry about what someone else is doing, what they've been drinking or what they've been looking at. You just need to know where you're at with God. Say, God, I can't change them, but I can be responsible for me. Third thing, discipline your mind and your mouth out of complaining. Philippians 4.4 4 says, be full of joy. And you can't be full of joy and full of complaining at the same time. But you've got to discipline your mind because out of your mind, your mouth will speak or out of your heart, if you want to go that far, is what your mouth will speak. You need to discipline yourself out of complaining. And the third one, do seek to grow spiritually. Get to church and find where to serve. Hebrews 10.25 talks about we all belong. And we need to find that place where we belong, where we fit, where we can be productive in the house of God. But get to church. Uh, second one is pray about stuff. Philippians 4, 6 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. And I know there's been times where, where you, know, you, you find, find things out and you think, oh, I'd really love to worry about all this. I need to worry about this. How are we going to pay the bills? Or how are we going to get that job done? But God's way is pray about everything and don't worry about anything. So pray about stuff. Another great thing is to read your Bible because through the Word, it will transform your outlook on everything. The Word can change the, the perspective that you have. The Word can give you revelation and the way to go through something. The Word applied to your life can change everything. You, know, you don't have to know the whole Bible back to front. You don't have to memorize you know, great big huge texts. You just need to apply the little bits of revelation that God reveals to you. And the last one, I think that makes the others all work easy, is be filled with the Holy Spirit. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is described in various places in the Bible about being baptised in the Holy Spirit. It says the disciples would lay their hands on people and they'd be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's, it's something that is a gift from God that you can be filled with the Holy Spirit and you can desire and you can be filled with the Spirit. Another part of that also is if you haven't been baptised, to say that you are a follower of Jesus, you can be baptised. You can choose to do that this year and say, I want to be baptised as an outward demonstration of my spiritual decision to be a follower of Jesus. Ephesians 5.18 says, Don't be drunk with wine, for that will ruin your life. And you know something, I'll find people, this is really one of those strange things 
that I find people will say, oh, I resist the things of the Holy Spirit. I, I don't want to go too far down that track because I, I, I don't understand it. But at the same time, they, they, they will gladly welcome into their life being drunk with alcohol instead of being filled with the Spirit. So this morning, we're just going to pray. And I want to encourage you, especially some people who may have lost something along the way of life, had something taken from you. I want to encourage you today to believe that God has better for you. The devil will keep you. He, he wants to keep you there. He wants to keep you close to the replay button, thinking of, well, I, lo I lost that job. So you press that button thinking, yeah, well, I must be a loser. That relationship broke down and that wasn't fair. I didn't even do, I did everything right. And that something happened and the devil keeps saying, well, here, press that replay button. Keep going over it again. Keep going over it again. Keep living in that loser mentality. You've got to step away from the replay button and start believing that God has a better for you, a better everything. A better everything is available when we start to transform our mind from our natural thinking and what surrounds us like that and start to believe God for the supernatural. Maybe you're worried about external things that what others think, what others think about you. You know, people will always think and people will always talk. But usually, we think a lot more about what they think than what it really is worth. We just need to move ahead with what God wants to do in our lives. Maybe there's condemnation. There are many people here and you've, been, you've felt condemnation, being judged by other people. It's not over for you. Put your confidence in Jesus and He'll complete that in you. He'll complete those things where you've felt condemned, where you've felt you know, boxed in by other people. And we've got to be really careful in, in how we speak to other people and how, how we uh, uphold them because it's so easy to, to be pulling others down. Why don't we stand to our feet this morning? Perhaps you've been coming along to church for a little while and, uh, you know, you're thinking, this is, this is pretty good, but you're, you're trying to work out the Christian thing, trying to work out what, what church is, and how do you make that step into a spiritual future? Well, the Bible makes it quite clear, and Jesus made it quite clear about himself. He talks about he is the door, he is the way, the truth, and the life. And he said, no one comes to the Father except through me. Well, how do we do that? The way we do that is we come to that conclusion in our own heart where we say, Jesus, you be my Lord and my Saviour. And perhaps you're at that junction of life right now where you're thinking, you know, you didn't have to have a major life crisis. You, you haven't had to have a, a train wreck of, of life behind you to come to the realisation that you want to accept Jesus and that you want to enter a new life of spiritual living. But if we just bow our heads this morning, I want to pray for those who may have that sense this morning that they want to make that junction, that step, that connection with God through Jesus Christ. 
He's not waiting for you to be perfect. He's not waiting for you to change as such. He just wants to take you on that journey when you say, Jesus, I believe. If that's you this morning, just invite you to raise your hand. I want to pray with you this morning and encourage you on that. Thank you. See that hand? That's, that's great. Anyone else? Thank you. I see that hand. Anyone else? There's two people who've decided that they want to change. They want to live in that transformation. Anyone else? There's another one. Thank you. Thank you. I see your hand. Thank you. That's three people today. Thank you, Jesus. Lord Jesus, we just thank you so much for your transformation power. Lord, I pray that there is no need for us to go through the motions of life in a religious experience, Lord God, but it's a life transformation, going from the natural to the supernatural, going from the, the, the things that we see and touch to the things that we can't see and touch, the things that are supernatural. Lord, I pray that each one of us here today may continue on that journey today and grow in 2016 into all that we can be. I thank you, Jesus, for your word. We thank you, Jesus, for your church. We thank you, Jesus, for our future. That 2016 may be a year of growth and breakthrough for each one of us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Thanks for that, Pastor Rob. That was really...